What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the FG Media Podcast. I'm your boy, Freddie Gruber. Alongside me is Graham Heath, my best friend, also enjoys talking sports. What's up, Graham? Hey, um, yeah, I am also in this situation with the coronavirus, like everybody else in the America, well, the entire world right now, and, um... Me and Friday, we're going to start a podcast, and we were going to record one together before this, but we could not actually get together. So we are um, connecting via the internet right now, and yeah. Exactly. So here we are, online, talking to each other. Has it been? How's your quarantine been? It's been pretty good. I mean, uh, I've... I've been playing a lot of video games, listening to a lot of sports radio. Um, Same. I've been trying to work out, but it's hard to find motivation. Yeah, especially when, like, you're not, not seeing anyone. Out. Yeah. Not be teasing at all. All right, yeah. so starting out, lots of topics to talk about in the world of sports recently, in the last week. And we're going to start out with this one. Pretty interesting. I was reading about this a little bit earlier. And this is a quote directly from Anthony Fauci about if sports could come back and the parameters that would need to happen for, I think he was talking about baseball, but I think that applies to sports as a whole. So here's his direct quote right here. Nobody comes to the stadium, put them in big hotels, wherever you want to play, keep them very well surveilled, and have them tested every week, and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family, and just let them play the season out. Now that is Dr. Anthony Fauci, a dude you, I'm sure you've all heard about in on the news everywhere now. And he, there he is laying it down. What do you think of this, and do you think it's realistic if sports can come back, and with these and uh, these per- with these parameters, do you think it's realistic, and could we see this in the near future? Well, I do think it's realistic. It was either April 15th or 16th where um, the governor of Arizona, I'm blanking on his name, but he um, said that Arizona's government and the state would be welcome to housing the uh, or the MLB for the rest of the season uh, once this clears up a little bit. But I'm not sure if that's really possible because infecting families just for money, I mean, it's just, it's it's an ethical dilemma on whether they're going to do this or not. Yeah, and that's really the main thing, I think, is just, it's not if this will happen because I think eventually once the CDC lifts their whole social distancing recommendations and stuff, and I think it all it needs is some sort of uh, uh, approval from the government or the CDC or the WHO about if this is healthy, if this is safe. Because I'm I don't I'm not sure I want to risk like potentially infecting a lots of people who are susceptible to this illness for a little bit of economic gain or you know just seeing a conclusive ending. But the other, uh, the other possible ending that could happen is 
them voiding the season and just straight up not playing this year or ending the season without a championship or any sort of playoffs. Do you think that itself is realistic, or do you think that a conclusive end to a season is, like, is that important for stuff like the draft or anything else of that sort? Yeah, I mean, the season does it all. I mean, how would people know who they're gonna, like, draft if it wasn't for the end of the season? Uh... To be honest with you, uh, I don't know if the draft should even be happening because, uh, if you saw, um, there are NFL players right now that have the coronavirus, and, uh, well, if you think about it, it wouldn't really be fair to draft prospects now if one of them could get infected and die. Exactly, so... Yeah, that's, uh, so really what it comes down to is, I, I think I agree with what Dr. Fauci is saying. I think he, um, he's right about all these things, and I think it could happen just because, um, I personally think it's pretty important to, like, have at least some semblance of an end to the season for things like draft and other things like that that can be really important when it comes to, like, um, what happens for years to come, and you don't want to be unfair or anything like that, but really, I think the main driving point about if it will happen is, you know, would this be in the summer? It would have to be, like, absolutely locked down. Like, nobody who doesn't need to be there at the game doesn't can't be there and I think that would be the safest that we can go but there are also like other pretty big drawbacks of the plan and this is the what Dr. Fauci is describing is basically very reminiscent of the MLB in Arizona plan with the Arizona governor that you were talking about earlier but Mike Trout himself has went out to basically against this plan and he's saying his main point is that he and his wife are expecting a baby during the summer. And they don't want the so baby getting sick. No, he doesn't want the baby to, uh, he doesn't want, he wants to be there to watch his baby, you know, be born, but he doesn't want to take a leave of absence and then have to quarantine for two weeks, the mandatory government quarantine, and not be able to see his baby for the first two weeks of his life. And that whole situation, that whole predicament is just really, um, it's a major bump in the road, and I'm sure many other players would agree with that, that they want to be able to see their family but not have to wait two weeks to do it, you know? If they have to leave, if they have to do anything, which is sort of a, a stopping point for, or a bump in the road for all of this play, all these plans. I mean, yeah. If you're actually thinking about, like, that and if these plans are really going to work, um, you have to think about what is the effect of COVID going to be on sports when they, like, do some type of resuming. Um, if you're a Philadelphia sports fan right now, uh, you know that you still have Doug Peterson as your coach. 
and everybody else in the division has a new coach. So if we're getting same start to the season but less training camp, that's that's great for the Eagles. And but it really is gonna affect lots of sports organizations and fan bases because some people might be getting older. Like Von Miller has uh coronavirus right now. I'm not saying that he will, but what if Von Miller pa- passed away? I mean, they really need to wait till this is over to to, to like resume it. That you can't put something on pause and then like like you can't like try and take something out of the microwave and then put it back in. While it's still like defrosting, it's just, it's yeah. just, yeah. So, uh, next topic I wanted to get into on this podcast. We're at about ten minutes here, um. So we're gonna talk Jalen Green. The NCAA is under attack. Yesterday, big news: top prospect, projected lottery pick. You can say all the things in the world about this kid. Jalen Green has signed to the NBA G League. Which is, in my opinion, pretty crazy. So, the what does this mean for the NCAA? What does this mean for the the NBA? What does this mean for Australia? What does this mean for basketball as a whole and the future of, of development of players? So, this kid Jalen Green, he had he averaged thirty one point five points in high school, seven point five rebounds, and five assists a game in high school. Led his team to the championship, scored a thousand career points. This kid is great, and he basically massive, massive middle finger to the NCAA, and basically went and did a one eighty and went into uh, the uh, NBA G League's new initiative, which is actually really interesting to me. So they will they'll pay elite prospects. They'll actually pay their prospects about five thousand five hundred thousand dollars or more just to play in their league for a year because of the one and done rule. And it was it was basically altered by Adam Silver and G League president uh, Sharif Abdurrahim. And so they're basically trying to get prospects to the U.S so that they can develop them and really, you know, keep it at home. Because Australia, the NBL, NBL of Australia has been a massive, massive uh, melting pot for players that want to uh, develop for a year and have a way past the one-and-done rule, but they also don't want to play in college because they want to, you know, get their money. So... That's what the Australian Basketball League has abided. You saw players like, uh, I think his name was RJ Hampton, LaMelo Ball, all coming out of that league for one year and then declaring for the draft, which basically bypassed the whole NCAA and the one-and-done rule. So as a response to this, the, N- N- the NBA, Adam Silver, and the G League president, they tried to... Uh, set up their own G League initiative to keep the players at home and keep them in the NBA system so that they could develop. And they did this by basically 
uh, making their salaries like ten times higher, which is crazy. So now you're gonna see probably gonna see a lot more players taking this route because they don't want to play in the NCAA. They they want to get their money now and they want to be able to have a, a quality development quality development. So. And this is the big domino that fell. Jalen Green, top prospect this year, signing with this G League. It gives them a lot more credibility, I think. What do you think of this whole situation, Graham? Well, I think, like, it's a real dilemma here because uh, even if they, like, Jalen Green, he wants the easy money. And I think a lot of players coming straight out of college are going to go for that money. But if... You're a top 20 prospect, top 15 prospect. I'd, I'd advise to stay in the NCAA and declare for the draft after the end of the season because, to be honest with you, a rookie contract's going to do you a lot better than $500,000 and in the G League instead of the NBA. Yeah, but $500,000 is going to do you a lot better than nothing. And It just depends really... on where your priorities are, Freddie. Yeah, but... The NCAA is an amateur league, but players still develop in it pretty well. But with this new G League, I think it could potentially become even better than the NCAA in terms of, like, development and coaching for all the players. Like, just because you get that opportunity to play with pros, you get that opportunity to really be able to, uh, like, get that experience, that NBA experience, while also, like, developing... And there's going to be a really easy way to scout for NBA scouts because you're kind of in their league already, you know? So I think it's just, it's, I get why a lot of players are doing it. And I think it's so enticing for lots of players to do that, that I think it's going to be very, very popular in the future for all these players. Well, I think even if they are going to restart these leagues, I mean, yeah. The G League sounds better than the NCAA, but really the prospect, um, the, I don't know, the scouting in the G League is not as strong as in the NCAA, so they need to pick that up. And also, um, I think even when they do restart these leagues, think about players that have home gyms and then players that don't, because LeBron James has a in-home basketball court. How much of an advantage do you think that's going to give him over players that haven't played basketball in four months or something? Now, I think there's programs to get all the players uh, like fit and keep them fit. And I think no matter what, there's always going to be a, uh, a preseason, a mini preseason at least, that's like a week long to get all the players back in shape. But yeah, I don't think that's that much of a, a problem right now. I mean, um, I don't know. The I, It just seems strangely structured because um, all of these guys in, like, the NBA, they've shot a basketball w at least once every three days for the past ten years, at least. Mm -hmm. But for these other guys, for them... Like, this is new. Not going without basketball is new. So, I don't know how the players are going to handle that. Yeah. And I think, um, just to go back to this whole 
NCAA thing. This is going to close it out. Do you think the NCAA should pay their players? Just going to say it right now. Do you think the NCAA should pay their players? Um, yes, I do. It's a capitalist economy, and the NCAA brings in millions on millions of dollars, and the players are what's bringing in the money. So Got to give them a piece of the pie, you know? You took it right out of my mouth. I was actually just going to oh. say that. Um, uh, yeah, because if these colleges are making all of this money, they're amateur ass athletes, but it still doesn't matter because if they're bringing in money, they deserve um, a cut of that money. I mean, this is the same thing with the Bryce Harper. If you actually look at the figures, um, when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, ticket prices went up. And so did attendance. The Phillies were obviously making a lot more money off of the Bryce Harper signing. Yeah. And so Bryce the NCAA, Harper... The NCAA is selling people these players. They're making so much money off these players. And that drives their ticket prices up. That gives them so much money. But those players don't get a thing. They don't get any of it, you know? Especially for the players that just play in college and then never actually make it in the NBA or... Uh, make it to the NBA. True. I mean, some guys stay in the G League their entire life. Um, I think, yeah, they should get a piece of the pie. And I also think that, um, I also think that, uh, it's just how much money you're bringing in and then what you deserve of that. It's just how the world works because, like, I don't know. It's like, they're the salesmen, and then, like, the players are the salesmen, and then the owners in the colleges are, like, corporate. Well, it doesn't matter, um, like, it doesn't matter, like, how you look at it. Um, mm -hmm. they just deserve the money. And that, that'll close it. That was the first episode of the FG Media Podcast. On behalf of my boy Graham Heath, I'm your host, Freddie Gruber, and signing off.